Recorded live. Hey, how you guys doing? This is the producer from Brothers Comics. Welcome to the Thursday Night Comic Book Corner. Uh, I am your host. On the line tonight, I have Brother Sandman. Sandman, say what's happening. What is up, people? What's going on? All right, and uh, Brother Beavis is on the line tonight. Say what's up, Brother Beavis. What's up, my muties? All right, my mutie. Just being an inhuman on this side. Uh, Normally, we would have... (laughs) Watch out for that mist. Yeah, my top of that miss, son. Um, after uh, We usually have Big Hutch for these things. We're not sure if he's going to join us tonight. As we said, he is the 10 percenter for whatever reason. Y'all listen to him. Listen more to his podcast when Hutch is on here. Uh, so we're hoping that he makes it. But if he doesn't, uh, that's all right. Um, as we continue our walk through the Uncanny X-Men through classic stories, we started out with the Proteus Saga. Uh, we moved on to parts of the Phoenix Saga, the Dark Phoenix Saga. We made a quick stop in Canada for uh, our Alpha Flight book. And the last time that we got together, we did Days of Future Past. Um, and so as we're walking into the 140s of X-Men, heading to an anniversary issue of 150, uh, our stop tonight is going to be on issues 145, 146, and 147, which is a Doctor Doom slash arcade X-Men story. Um so we'll get to that here in a minute, but we want to talk about the issues that we're skipping. Now, I think as this goes on, we're probably going to skip over larger swaths of issues, but this time we <laughs> only skipped over two two books to get to uh, the issues that we're going to talk about tonight. Now, issue 143, directly after the classic story of um, Days of Future Past, is a Kitty Pride standalone story uh, where Kitty Pride, Sprite, Ariel, Shadowcat, whatever the fuck her name is at this given time, she fights against a demon and essentially destroys the entire X-Mansion. Uh, I wish Hutch was here, but Brother Beavis, do you remember the story and what do you remember? Yeah, I think the cover is fairly famous. And um, and what I remember, what, what resonates from the story, like as you read forward, is they reference her destruction of the mansion. And that that was like one of the ways that they sort of gave her credibility. They gave her the, the win over some monster heel we'd never seen before. But yeah, right. I mean, I, I kind of remember the, the cover and whatever. They And they're good for that. They like the Kitty and Peril covers uh, are fairly regular routine. Yeah, yeah that's a big yeah. trope in these in this, you know, line of X-Men at this time, you know. Kitty's right. always in trouble. Yeah, do you remember that issue as well, uh, Sandman? Yeah, the main the main thing I remember about it is that I think this is Burns' last issue in uh, X Men. Or mm-hmm. I'm not 100 percent about that, but I think it is before uh, they switched back to uh, Cockrum, I believe. Yeah, and, uh, Cockrum. Yeah, and uh, you know, Burn, say what you want about him, do control, and um, he's he's uh, this was kind of the end of an era when he left uh, X Men to I guess go into Fantastic Four and. I guess uh, Alpha Flight was that at that time or a little after? It was later. Yeah, I think we yeah, figured out last yeah. time it was a couple of years. Yeah, later. we we talked about that, but uh, yeah, yeah, this was it for him. Well, yeah, he moves on uh, again. There's nothing good about Kitty Pride. Uh, I'll take up all the hate for Hutch since he's not here. Um, and then <laughs> issue 144 is Cry Despair. Now Cyclops, after Jean Grey dies on the blue side of the moon, she uh, he takes a leave of absence from the team. And then he, as they follow his thing, I think he winds up in like Louisiana or something, working on a fishing boat, I think, yeah. or something like that. Yeah, uh, something like that. And then he yeah. Comes across a 
uh, a villain named Despair, and also I think was it Man Thing or Swamp Thing? It's a Man Thing, right? Man Thing is the Marvel version. Yes, Man Thing. Uh, right, there's right. a real story about this demon guy that's trying to come after him. Now, uh, 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 Cyclops. I don't know if he's a man after my own heart or he's just a man. <laughs> I don't really know. But Cyclops ain't real too big about grieving over people. Uh, he be trying to get it in uh, pretty quick. Because his love of his alleged life ain't been dead but for seven issues. Um, and I don't know if the real time is like Bible time in them seven issues. I don't really know. But um, uh, Cyclops meets, uh, I can't remember her name right now, but he meets somebody and uh you know, there's romantic things there. Lee Forrester. Lee yeah, Forrester. Forrester. Yeah, Lee yeah. is her, like, yeah, nickname. She's, okay. I guess she's Greek or something. Yeah. 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 And, well, she's going to uh, uh, tickle his fancy, so to speak. Um, and he's going to, you know, his, he, I guess he's in the stages of grief or something. I don't know, man. The Cyclops mm. ain't grieving too hard over losing Jean Grey. Um uh, I'm going to kind of come back with a joke here so very shortly as we get into this issue. But, I read, uh, like, so a that... story one time that was talking about, like, like I think it was a lot of it correlated to the fact that he was, like, an orphan and various other things. But, like, his thing is, like, he's got this, from a fear of being alone and from not having sort of model relationships, family relationships, like, he's, like, right. always in pursuit of these relationships. But right. when he has it, he doesn't know what to do. And he's right. assuming he's yeah. going to be abandoned, so he kind of self-sabotages. And so wow. yeah. that that leads to the sort of quick rebounds. And then, actually, he, he sort of rattles through, I think, a couple uh, in time. Yeah, it's another chance. Yeah. yeah, Right. And, well, he's got to settle on Madeline Pryor here, and he's not just going to freaking settle. He's going to actually marry her. Uh, and, again, mm-hmm. we'll get into that story as we get closer to it. But, um, <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah. Yeah, his his romantic choices post Jean Grey, not so great. Um, <laughs> not so great. Uh, Cyclops definitely needs some help picking up like the right chick for himself. Um, but as we shoulder on into issue one forty five, it's called Kidnapped. As Sandman said, uh, John Byrne has skedaddled, and we get back to Dave Cockrum being on pencils. Chris Claremont still here in his seventeen year run on the X Men. Uh, so we're Right in, uh, not even in the middle of it. We're in the first quarter of it, really. Uh, as he's been that, that writing this book for many years. Yes, seventeen years. Right. Um, so the scene opens up at an opera. Uh, you get two black people in one panel, which is incredible in, in any kind of book at any point <laughs> now. Uh, and two black good. ladies, which is even worse. I mean, wow, Woo! you never see that. Uh, but it's Aurora and it's uh, what's her name? Miss, not Miss. I want to call her Miss. Stevie Hunter. Yeah, Stevie Hunter. Stevie. And they're going, and they were Kitty was supposed to go, but since she got sick or whatever happened with this demon, they're at this um, at the the ball watching ballet or something. I don't really know. And there's yeah. this weird relationship between these yeah. two. Yeah, where there's they, you know, you would think that there's you know only two black ladies in the entire Western New York apparently, and You'd think they'd be close, but there's this weird, jealous relationship about who's like Kitty's, you know, mammy, basically. Um, <laughs> who's, who's going to take care of this white girl better? And you think you's going to do it? She's taught me how to write. Okay, so um, 
<laughs> it's just this weird relationship. Uh, Storm is always kind of mistrustful of Stevie Hunter's heart. Um, oh and uh, that's kind of playing itself out. And then eventually they get attacked by Miss Locke. Now, if you've been a longtime reader of X-Men comic books, you know Miss Locke is uh, Arcade's toady. You know, she goes yes. out to do kind of some of his dirty work. So anytime you see Miss Locke, you know there's going to be an Arcade story coming up fairly simple or fairly soon and she makes a kidnapping of uh stevie hunter and she makes this thing that says look dr doom has kidnapped arcade and uh we want him back and since we're going to get the x-men to help you and to do that we're going to kidnap all of your close friends so they kidnap Jean gray's parents iliana rasputin uh moyer mctaggart and then I think Angel's Boo and Nightcrawler's Boo. Uh, was it Candy Southern and uh, Amanda? Amanda. Yeah, so right. they kidnapped all these people. And I was like, um, okay, I guess. <laughs> like, what, what's, what were you thinking of the setup when you reread that, Brother Peter? That's very counterbooky. And I think <laughs> you can get that one with Arcade. Uh, yeah, it, this, this is a very counterbooky stretch. Yes. Um, yeah. It gets more comic booky. What did you think, Sam? That's crazy. Uh, anything with Arcade, he's no, another villain that's not one of my favorites. Um, mm-hmm. I mean, he ain't Kang level, not Kang level hate, mind you, but uh, <laughs> yeah, it, yeah, yeah. Just like you, just as Aviva said, it's crazy. It's comic booky to the ex, to the extreme. <laughs> the plots are just you shake your head sometimes, but uh, it's entertaining. I'll give him that. Right. Man, for a good video game. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, that's right. You know what? That you're gonna side brother topic onto that then. Uh, there was a, a X Men video game based on was oh, it on arcade, that was, right? So Spider Man and the X Men, which was the hardest fucking game ever. Uh, oh man, really? Was one of them. Yeah. Uh, that was on. A, I want to say it was Super Nintendo. Okay. Might have been. Hmm. Uh, yeah, I think it was. It, it might have been six, that was or sixty four. Yeah, it was Spider-Man, no Storm, Cyclops, Wolverine, and Gambit. And like I know, like oh, the wow. Gambit levels and the Wolverine levels, they were all like side-scrolling, but you had something chasing your ass. So if you mm-hmm. like stopped moving, you were dead. It was the hardest fucking game. Ever. I beat it, <laughs> but yeah, like it, it, you know, it took a toll. There's probably I could have been somebody if I hadn't put as much time into that game as I did. <laughs> <laughs> But yeah. then he also, I, I think in Marvel Ultimate Alliance, which I think we probably agree is one of the better Marvel game, Marvel or hero games, period, mm-hmm. I think there's a significant arcade role, or arcade level. Mm-hmm. Or, I don't know if it's that or X-Men Legends or something like that. But, I mean, like I said, he makes good video. He makes good material for video games and comic books, but not one of the, uh, like, I wouldn't expect arcade to show up in a movie anytime soon. No. no he's, a, he's a cornball. Yeah. Well, I was going to say that, but I also thought for a second, too, that maybe, no, there's really no redeeming for Arcade. I mean, he really is like that dude. Like, you really can't do anything with him. He's just kind of terrible. <laughs> but, yeah, um, he, he's like a psychopath, and he has limitations that if you actually tried to make a story that the general population would accept, it would fall apart. Well, it's the suit and the red hair yeah, and yeah, the kind yeah. of the maniacal way they draw him as well. It's, it doesn't yeah. – it's not menacing. It's it becomes, <laughs> yeah, he's not menacing. He's yeah. just a clown. 
and now if, play if he was a DC character, they would absolutely <laughs> make a movie about him. <laughs> he would like be eating the hearts of small babies. Yeah. <laughs> uh, there are some toy man qualities to arcade. Very much so. Um, yeah. But anyway, so Storm is leader of the X-Men. Her friend is gone. She has to kind of verify her story. Yes, her frenemy. Yeah. Her, she has to verify the or, story. So or she, her frenemy, I guess. Is, oh. <laughs> well played. Wow. That was so, nice, yes. She has to confirm the story, so she goes and flies to see if everybody's there. Now, Storm uh, has some, uh, <laughs> I think the word we keep using is, uh, uh, what's the word when their powers kind of shift into different ways? Mm. What's, nebulous. What's the word? Nebulous, that's it. Like, yeah. Storm yeah. Just transformed her, herself into costume. I'm like, wait, what? Yeah. Her, her <laughs> costume comes and goes in some mysterious ways. Yeah. Unstable molecules, I'm guessing. Unstable molecules. It's, like, it's made of clouds or lightning or something. So she <laughs> made of clouds. Yeah. You know Unstable what? Unstable molecules. Yeah, While we're yeah. on that subject, her eyes, too. Like So they kind of did it in the movie where like when she's using her powers, they turn white. Mm-hmm. But yeah. like yeah. the transition from not having pupils to having actual eyes is never yeah. really all that consistent either. That's, no. Mm, yeah. Well, it's just, and I guess since we're running down Storm, like so, I you know I have said before that I'm not a big Storm fan, and primarily that's me being a hater because much <laughs> like when Jeff Jarrett had the job to China on the way out of the WWF, <laughs> uh, Cyclops had a job to Storm with no powers on his way out of the Uncanny X But this is a stretch with this and some of the other upcomings where they really she goes through a tremendous amount of development and they throw her into the leadership role and she's, you know, she's got her, her goddess and her, her, you know, her, her reluctance to kill and like her control of the powers. They go through a really lot of development. And I think in later years when she's this sort of like ethereal, all knowing and, you know, kind of goddessy character, it's kind of earned Mm -hmm. back here. And I can, I, you know, having, having looked at this again, I can accept it more, kind of downstream, uh, then, you know, I, I think she becomes sort of annoying, but I think it is right. earned, so. <laughs> well, you're going to say that. I was going to get to it later. Uh, you're going to see, just in this story arc in and of itself, such a stretch of development for all of the characters that are in the mm-hmm. X-Men, from yeah, their characters right. to their ability yeah. to problem-solve, fight, right. and move forward. Even Angel gets some offense in this thing and uses his brain for <laughs> yeah. once instead of getting <laughs> they you know, choked out on the blue side of the moon. So, like, I mean, it, it, as the story progresses, you get a chance to see that in a, you know, in a positive way um, that you, like, before we were like, man, I don't know about this, and we were kind of concerned about the characters. But as they go on, everybody has been kidnapped, and she does this thing where she does go to the the gray household and they had left this little, well, they call snow it a holographic thing. Yeah, a snow globe of Jean Grey's, but it yeah. has her personality matrix in it or something. So like, yeah, the, 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 GR, the yeah. GR gave it to him. It's yeah. to explain all to it, basically. Yeah. Yeah. So they pissed off. Well, she pissed off that her parents get kidnapped. Or Cyclops is 
jogging on some blonde down on some island. Like, <laughs> like, like we really don't know, you know, we really don't know. Um, but yeah, so that that's the setup for the story. Everybody's trying to figure out, what, you know, what we could do. Now the funny part of this is that they bring Beast in, who's an Avenger at the time. They're like, yeah, mm-hmm. well, you know, we got all this intel on uh, uh, Arcade, or we don't know a lot about Arcade. Uh, but Doctor Doom, oh man, we got all kinds of intel on him. Yeah, we can give you all this stuff. And the X Men are acting like we ain't never heard of this nigga before. Like, what? <laughs> like he done <laughs> New York a thousand times with the Fantastic before. Y'all ain't got a TV, a radio. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like, I mean, they are literally yeah. like, I've never heard of this dude before. So we'll we'll just have to go take him on. Like, what? Really? And so that leads <laughs> to this point. Like, how come Doom hasn't? ever mess with the X-Men at this point in time because he's all over the Fantastic Four up to this point. Mm-hmm. And even he has some side Avenger stories as well. But this is the first time they're actually putting him in an X book. And, you know, mm-hmm. you kind of have to think, like, like why? Like, why did it happen in this particular issue? And then it's, when it goes on, I got a whole bunch of other stuff to say. But why do you think it happened now, Brother Beard? Well, I don't know what was going on in Fantastic Four. I, well, I know one thing as they play the story out, like he's been deposed, right? He's not based right. in Liberia. No. So that's one uh-huh. thing. So they don't have to Crystal. concoct yeah. a story for him to get to for them to get to Liberia to for him to be involved. Mm-hmm. That's one piece. But beyond that, I don't know. They do make a point of like he's he points out like I don't know them and a lot of his motivation is trying to figure out what their limitations are. Right. Yeah. Uh, it's just this all this planning stuff, and they're trying to figure out. Okay, I guess we got to go save Arcade to save our friends, um, and that's pretty much it. I mean, there's just no, you know, not much of a setup for it. It's really like, yeah. okay, we needed something to get them to fight, so well, we're going to fight. The other thing too is like, you know, so this is right yeah. after John Byrne left, and so those two were in charge of the stories. Were there things they were going to do that fell apart? Had they not looked beyond a certain point? Are they actually like trying to put filler material in on it? I don't know. It's hard to say. Well, and the books have become super wordy now too. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it yes, gets worse are. as mm-hmm. these issues, this art goes on like, uh, like 146 and 147 are crazy with the thought boxes and plot boxes. They're just crazy. And, um, <laughs> You know, you kind of was like, okay, so I guess unfettered by John Byrne, like trying to rein him in, Claremont just starts to become more and more verbose in word and action in these books. Um, so, yeah, it becomes this, it just becomes very wordy, uh, which again, you know, it's a good thing. You get your 75 cents or whatever that it was worth back then uh, compared to now. You pay $4 and you can read the book in 35 seconds. So, um yeah, so part of the plan, though, to, to save these people is that they have to recruit another band of X-Men uh, to attack things on two fronts. So they go out and they start recruiting. So the first two recruits are Havoc and Polaris, um, who are a couple at this time, correct? Now, they're no longer a couple, is yeah. that right? I don't even know where Havoc is in a comic book anymore. I don't know what's going on. Yeah, I don't know what's going on he with was one anymore, of, but yeah, they, they were X- a couple for a long time. Yeah. Yeah, he was in the X the, the X-Men Avengers crossover book that they had together. Um okay. I know it at one point, but beyond that, I I don't know whatever happened to Havoc. Uh now you're a Havoc fan, brother Beavers, you know, it's your boy's brother. <laughs> um <laughs> you know, I uh some of the first books that I actually bought, I mean, I I've, I've clarified in previous podcasts, I I was a a comic parasite for a long time. 
uh, some of the first books I bought was around the extinction agenda where he had been cast out of the siege perilous and was, um, he was leading the mutant guards of, of Genosha. Genosha. Yeah. He was, and then I was, yeah. Yeah. And I was a big fan of the re I was surprisingly a big fan of the relaunch of X factor after the gold blue team split of which he was the leader. So from that era, um, I liked him. There's the the Mark Silvestri era prior to this that right. he was just sort of in the background. He didn't do a whole lot, mm-hmm. and I, I was always sort of conf- like he he always his role and him as an as a character was always kind of diminished in these early X Men roles because he really was just kind of like Scott's brother. So yeah. I, I became a fan of him or for when he was when it was about him, but I don't think he adds a whole lot to the story when the rest of the X Men are around. Right. Uh, what about oh. you, uh, Sam? Man, you like Havoc? I mean, uh, just like Beavis said, he's always been like that tertiary, secondary, tertiary character, like Scott's brother. Yes, he's got powers, but it's like, hey, I'm, I got my girlfriend Lorna, who's also a mutant, and you know, we're just gonna kind of, you know, go off in the background here. They never really, they only bring him in when this issues like this when they have to have well, well it's an emergency. We need we need mutants all this. We need uh we need to put the team back together. We need to go rescue somebody else. That's literally what happens every time, you know, they uh they have to and, get a band of mutants together. They're like the uh, they uh, go to his um, black costume is terrible. Yeah, yeah it, it is. is. That it's his right. especially his headset, whatever it is. Oh yeah. It's, <laughs> terrible. yeah. it's like I a little that cerebro that he has on his head. Um, <laughs> awful. Yeah. Um, yeah. We say they really messed him up in the movies as far as continuity goes, but, I mean, I know that's Fox all in all, but I don't know yeah, what they're trying to do with him anymore. And I was never... Uh, yeah, I mean, you could say that... Yeah, I, it, it was like they were like, well, let's put Havoc in it because we've used Cyclops already, and <laughs> yeah, no. Like, you know, even though he's an original X-Men, let's just use Havoc. Okay, I mean that, that's kind of <laughs> how I saw that. I was like, because we're gonna make his power look like Psychos, but it's gonna come out of his chest. Got it. Okay. Pretty much. Oh, yeah, it's awful. Um, yeah. And whatever. that's just sort of the the collateral damage that's done by starting in the middle of the story and then trying to right. try right. to then and then introduce some chronology, which is always dicey in comic books anyway. But mm-hmm. right. yeah, right. Well, yeah. Now I'm not. I'm, I, I've never really been a fan. Uh, I mean, uh, I prefer uh, the fact that they shoehorned him in and kept the relationships, even though they're first their age, more so than just calling him Havoc and having him being like Scott Jones, completely unconnected from Cyclops. You know that? Right, right. Yeah, they did tie that back up in Apocalypse, so that was helpful. Uh, Everybody's going to give Polaris a thumbs down, I would assume. yeah. At least I give, I give her a thumbs down. She's always somebody that looks as a character design looks good. I mean, who doesn't like a chick with green hair? But um, <laughs> like, just as a character in and of itself, I just never cared for her. Um, the, yeah, probably they don't know what to do her. Well, my favorite Lorna Dane stories probably come from the X-Men, the animated series, where, you know, she left Bobby for Havoc. I'm with Havoc now. And, uh, <laughs> I remember well, that, she was yeah. she was possessed by malice for a long time, and that's what brought yeah. him. That's what brought Havoc yeah. back into the X Men, is right. because she became possessed with right. malice. And then she's she's always weirdly tied in with oh oh well she's got a cable esque history for one thing. I was about to say she's 
tied into Magneto, and no one's ever really settled in on exactly what that means. Uh, right. But I think she, yeah. she suffers from, like, 60s-era female characterization more than anything. Yeah, it, yeah. she's just not... She's not a strong character, um, but she's no. allegedly super powerful, but, but not too powerful. We don't want her to make her too powerful yeah. because she's late. No, not, not like Magneto era, but, but yeah, she's yeah. powerful enough. I would say better than the animated series was Wolverine and the X-Men, where yeah. she yeah. played a role yeah. in the future, and yeah, that was pretty cool. Right. Yeah. yeah. I, I mean, I just, I just never really liked the character because it just never made like a whole hell of a lot of sense to me. Um, but other than yes. the beast, like, like what's McCall's girlfriend and she needed to be a mutant. That's basically it. Okay. So let's give her Magneto's powers and make her a lady. Got it. Um, and then there was, um, <laughs> that's a good point. Like there's at this point, like if you not, not like now, but once she was introduced, there's like 12 mutants that they, yeah. <laughs> like, did you, you didn't run out of powers. Yeah. And don't yeah, tell me you were planning all along. Yeah. Don't yeah. Well, actually when she was introduced, well, I think that was, they said that he was her daughter. I, I don't know. I would have They've to try that a couple times. comic books to try yeah. and figure that out at this point. I don't see that happen. Yeah. Did you count the one in the red shirt? <laughs> one, <Yeah>. two, three. <laughs> yeah. It, it's not. Um. It's yeah. It's she's not good. And then that leads to the other X Men that they recruit, which is Bobby Drake. Uh, Brother Beavis had referred to it in the previous podcast. Like, yeah, he was in college at the time. So he's there studying it up, making his beer cold with his powers, not really doing much. Professor Xavier <laughs> appears to him in his astral form or whatever and says that he needs him, and he has to make the uh, the call from college. <laughs> he's, like, yeah. he's like, hey, uh, I need you to team up with your, uh, the girl who didn't want to hook up with you and her new boy. Is that cool? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Is that cool? Yeah. And I need y'all to stay in the same, be- in the same room, but you got to sleep on the floor. Okay, Dad. <laughs> I've got a unique cuck holding opportunity for you. Yeah. Uh, can you drop out of here and come back? Yeah, that's a unique cuck holding. Uh, then his other X Men that he recruits, and I mentioned this in the email that I sent you all today. I was like, man, there really wasn't a whole lot of mutants left, huh? Because <laughs> this team kind of sucks. Scraping up, uh, yeah, scraping up the bottom of the barrel with this team. Yeah, I mean, where is Firestar, really? Honestly, I mean, shoot. No joke. Because, uh, so now he goes to Banshee, who currently doesn't have his powers uh, because his uh, his vocal cords hadn't healed, which he is not afraid to tell you over and over and over again. <laughs> <laughs> uh, continuously oh, talking about it. Yeah, this is a reason. This is a Ruby Quartz situation of Banshee <laughs> and his, uh, and his vocal cords. Oh, yeah, oh, yeah, it comes up a lot as we get into our Cyclops interludes here. Um, but, yeah, it's uh, not not a good thing. But he's dead. He's going to go because, obviously, Moria is, um, uh, you know, Moria is having a rough time or has been kidnapped by Arcade. So she has to right. uh, or he's going to, you know, go for that. And then there's a scene here, which is a prelude to where we're kind of headed to with this that Magneto story that's coming up. So, where, wait a minute. Now, uh, wait a minute. Aaron and Halar, bitches, wait a minute. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so we already mentioned that, like, Xavier is torturing Bobby Drake by making him go, like, protect his ex-girlfriend and her new boyfriend. And then he's like, and yo, Banshee, I need you to go – you know, save my ex-girlfriend, too. Xavier's fucked up, man. 
Maybe you're torturing these guys. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, no there's doubt. a little bit of that there. Well, I mean, but he, you know, part of his role as the headmaster of that school is to pass on his cock-blocking ability. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. That's right. I need to, I want to make sure you're, you ruin all your relationships and everyone exactly. around you when you grow uh, up. Yeah. yeah, exactly. Hey, I think it works. Y'all, they can yeah. pass that right exactly. on down the line. So, yeah. Like, yeah. Nigga, if I ain't happy, ain't none of y'all bitches going to be happy. <laughs> <laughs> That's his real power. Yeah. But I don't have powers. I didn't hear that. Yeah. Murder world. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Do you have the power to get to murder world? You get them, bitch. (laughs) (laughs) No no joke. Yeah. (laughs) You know he's probably gone in the banshee's head every once in a while. Yeah. This is a really dangerous mission. Uh, Why don't you go on it? And I'll take care of more afterwards. (laughs) Yeah. <laughs> hey, Ben, I heard you know Thanos coming to town, Ben. You. you down? Let's go. Yeah. <laughs> you know, if you die, I'll take care of her and dick your girl yeah. down, right? Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Uh, Terrible. But, yes, but part of that heading to 150 is Xavier looks a little stressed out as he's making these astral projections. Is that he's saying that, you know, something in the magnetic fields have been shifted. And it can only be the work of one man. Dun dun dun. dun Magneto. And and, uh, and why does that? Yeah, you know, we never real quick. Why did the, does that uh, mess up anything psych, psychic? Is they've they've kind of said that from time to time. Like it's like, oh, we, Magneto messed with the magnetic field, and so that's hindrancing psionic. Yeah, whatever. And, and yeah, it, it's never really made any. I mean, I know it's because comic books is the ultimate answer, but. I mean, right. <laughs> what the what the fuck? Come on, y'all. Yeah. Well, it gets well. I mean, you you're jumping way ahead. I, I would be willing to make up a physics sounding answer to that question. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe that would make me feel better. I don't know. You yeah. mean very clearly, uh, of the four fundamental forces, mental yeah. powers are most closely linked to electromagnetics. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah, wow. That's all I got. That's all. I got. That's all you. Got. You know what? <laughs> They'd use honestly. They'd use that before to explain Magneto's powers, like for other things. So I was like, "Oh, I, have, I control mag- magnetism, which means you know he can make heat and light and all kinds of." Very yeah, clearly, magnetic it, so. and mental both start with letter M. And so, <laughs> <they're more. laughs> yeah. That's probably I, I would believe that more than I probably believe anything else. So, yeah. Well, and last yeah. side brother Magneto topic because we'll talk about him a lot there too, <laughs> and I won't throw it off too much, but. Then, as it gets on to the to the nineties or whatever, then they make you ridiculously powerful, where he's controlling mm. the iron in your blood and it's like, mm. oh, hold you with your blood. blood. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was like, hey, come oh, on, he's a man. god. Yeah, in the nineties, yeah, like a straight up god. You know, yeah. like when he when he did that EMP when he came back to Earth, where where uh, for uh, West McCall's funeral or whatever, you know, they're like, oh, it made him so powerful that he was <laughs> he couldn't do anything with him. Uh, you know, so yeah, uh, Magneto's powers become very, very nebulous as we move on. Um, but our story continues. There's Cyclops on the island, and here's our Ruby Quartz. Uh, now, there's some science here that we got to talk about too. All right, so I have to keep my eyes closed, so because I don't have a Ruby Quartz, <laughs> you know, the only thing that can keep my optic glass in check. Uh, I'm a, I must rip off my shirt. Okay, so are you just keeping your eyes closed then too? 
because how's the shirt holding back your stuff? You can't. Uh, what? You just bl- you just blind. So you just keeping your eyes closed. Well, you could have did that without ripping your shirt off, Hulk Hogan. You know? <laughs> Why you got to rip your shirt off? Just trying to show some skin for the ladies, Scott. It's a, very right. clearly, it's a ruby quartz shirt. It's just oh, been, you know, it's very bleached. <laughs> <laughs> Fashioned a ruby quartz shirt. Yeah, it's uh, yeah. This is a a weird story for Cyclops for me. Um, so what he says is he'll have to find a way to keep his eyes closed. So the blindfold is just helping him keep his eyes closed to make him blind. His eyelids yeah. closed. Yeah, yeah. right. Yeah. But the ruby quartz, he could have his eyes open and he could see. Yeah, yeah. it's constantly because otherwise, how could he see? You know. All right. I guess. Well, the, yeah, I the, guess. Uh, yeah, comics. Because comics. So the planning meeting because goes comics. down. So they're going to see Team JV to Murder World to find Murder World to see if they can find the kidnapped people. And then they're going to see the A-Team out to uh, Doom's Castle that has appeared in uh, upstate New York. Now, there's a weird backstory side thing that we're like, yeah, well, Toad had purchased this castle for his to turn he was a good guy now and told i was like what the fuck are you talking about like yeah yeah that sounded like such an annual issue (laughs) marvel (laughs) two and one is where it came from marvel two and one of course it did and i was like uh, but i think that's their way of saying like hey there's a reason this book got canceled (laughs) (laughs) this shit used to be terrible so, used to be terrible. Don't forget <laughs> yeah. where you came from. Well, they make the assault on uh, his match on the Castle Doom at the time. Storm greets, uh, gets greeted by Doom. Now, as I'm reading this as a 40-something-year-old, like now I'm reading Doom, at least as the way this one is written, he, as a black dude. Like I, I, I don't know why, but I kind of read him more as a black dude than I had ever re- you know, read this previously. Because his pet game is he strong. He does drink from a chalice. He does drink from a chalice, man. Yeah, no joke. And yeah, his pep game is strong. He's doing the old man pose at the gym on the yeah. next page. <laughs> yeah, that's true. He does have it. And, and, uh, and uh, you know, yeah. so he's like, uh, you know, hey, baby, you know what? Come on. My, my, my chef is, my chef's a marvelous. <laughs> <laughs> and it actually kind of works because Storm is like, damn, you know, I got yeah, some Storm is enchanted this by this dude. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> well, this is terrible. So this is the first in a series of where like people get enchanted by Storm, and I'm not sure that that's uh, sort of the racist uh, angle here as well. But there's like a series of villains who are won over by Storm's uh, feminine wiles. Yeah, I don't yeah. know. The black of the baby. The sweet and juice, baby. <laughs> uh, yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, Doom, Dracula. Uh, yep. Uh, I can't, there's somebody else that's in there too. Magneto, probably. Yeah, Magneto. Yeah, yeah, exactly. My yeah. yeah. So, yeah. So yeah, Doom's there now. The other team is making their assault on the mansion. Doom's got like some uh, iPads, like on the kitchen table, watching the whole battle go down. You know, he's like, I ain't no fool. But I'm thinking of reading this too. I'm like, Doom is like, he's like, look. I'm about to fuck and capture the X-Men. Beat that, man. <laughs> yeah, you got to try that, Magneto. Yeah, I'm about to fuck and I'm about to put the, I'm about to capture the whole team. You can't beat that. Trump card. You ain't never done that. 
Yeah, you ain't never did that, yep. Magneto. So, mm-hmm. uh, yeah, so that's basically how it goes down. But as the book goes through here, you start to see, like, the team getting offense. You know, like, Nightcrawler gets some offense, Wolverine, you know, because they're about to fight mm-hmm. robots, he gets some offense, <laughs> and they're able to fight, like, these people and, like, make strategy and defeat them. Like, it's like, wow, you know, they're fighting together. They're helping, like, everything out as this issue kind of comes to a close. Now, they get punked at the end completely. But, like, completely, I think the yeah. biggest shift is, like, Colossus. I mean, he's like, what? You going to shoot me with this beam? Forget that. He's macing people. And like, I mean, Cyclops <laughs> or Colossus is going off. I mean, Hutch should be here. I mean, his boy actually, you know, if this yeah. is the version that he started to like, like, you can see why he would like this version of the character. Um, yeah, right. But, yeah. Angel's but, so yeah, worthless. He's still worthless, but even he later on is going to get some offense. But, yeah, so as the book goes on, Arcade makes his appearance. He's like, wait, you're not captured? Oh, well, who knows? Put your pants back on. Uh, and then, like, dude's going to capture her. <laughs> dude's going to capture her with, a, uh, like, this silver crystal thing. He's going to turn her into, like, yeah. a living statue. He's going to turn her into a yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's actually a very cool visual. Um and, uh, you know, in the X-Men, they finally make their way into the room. But, oh, no, Doom cannot be stopped. And he just, like, it's almost <laughs> like you could just knock them off camera. This is terrible. It was like, yeah, beams, you're dead. Everybody's yeah, done. yeah. I mean, it was like not, it's like not even where they come from. They just, like, magically appear. But not you, from you Colossus. Know, yeah, Doom Lord, I have a power just called I Am Doom because he does this against everybody's fights. They just, he just fucks everybody up for somehow. And they always explain it somehow. It just—it's amazing. I mean, look, you go back and read Secret Wars and watch him do it against the villains, the heroes. It don't matter who he's fighting. Yeah, right. At least for—at least initially, he'll do it. At least once right. in every book he's in. It's just the I am doing power. Yeah. Like everybody else. And, <laughs> and then Colossus is the last knockout. He gets the yeah. the Jesus, you are healed. Electric boat across his body. He puts him down pretty easily. Uh, and that's the end of issue 145. And it leads into 146, which is Murder World, where it primarily shifts back literally to Murder World with Team B. Um, and it is such a B team, man. I look at that mm-hmm. and I was, oh, this early. I was like, God, this is such a B <laughs> side of a team, man. You got one dude that ain't got no powers. Uh, and then three yeah. more other people that ain't been X-Men for the longest time or ever. So it's just like, man, did I see you sent to rescue everybody, Xavier? Man, what, yeah, you in yeah. trouble, bro. Yeah. Well, that and once hey, again, well, you ain't come out here with your punk ass in that wheelchair, did you? <laughs> <laughs> Giving orders all the time from that chair. Well, he's just fucking with Bobby, yeah. and he's trying to get Banshee killed. That's goal one and two. So. <laughs> Yeah, there you go. So, uh, so oh, a nomination to, to a, a nomination to Polaris for the absolute ugliest outfit ever. Yeah, like, I don't know what the, the, yeah. the, the purple green Dracula look. I, I'm sorry. I, yeah, I it didn't really, really work. Agreed. Yeah. Um, yeah. So as the uh, the book opens up, there's a big storm hint going on outside, and it, the storm is building and building and building. It could it be the weather witch? But you also see Storm standing in the corner. I was like, well, I thought she got turned to silver. I'm not really sure what's going on here. But, of course, Doom has made him a Doombot slave. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and uh, so, yeah, yeah. I kind of wonder if it's a sex, sex bot slave, too. 
Stoops seems like he'd be somebody to want to get it in with the sex bot. Um, so, yeah, so there's that. And then Arcade, you know, he, as what Brother Beavis was saying, essentially he's like, I've captured them, but, you know, to kind of test their abilities. I've never met these people. I want to know what's going on with them. I, You know, I got to – I have this hunger of thirst of knowledge and I want to see what, who and what the X-Men are all about. Um, and so everybody's captured in their own unique thing. Nightcrawlers look like he's captured in a cube. Colossus is stuck on a rock in a whirlpool. Wolverine's stuck in what used to be my old ugly bathroom in one of my apartments. Uh, <laughs> there's black and white checks on it. Um, I don't see any Archie folks around there. Yeah, hey, hey, just look under the sink, sir. They're all in there. <laughs> um, and, um, and, uh, and then uh, uh, Angel is stuck in a uh, an aviary that boy. shoots lasers at him. Yes, that... Uh, He's stuck. And so basically it's like they have to figure out a way to get out. There is one way out, but can they figure it out? I'm testing their intelligence to see if they can, you know, if they can figure this out. And that's Doom's plan. Whereas uh, Arcade is like, I'm an assassin. He just wanted to kill him. So, you know, they're having this kind of playful banter back and forth. And there's this relationship between Arcade and Doom that started from something. I, I read it, but I don't quite remember. Um, but that, the reason that they're working together is some little, you know, because comics books uh, reason. Um, so, yeah. yeah. So again, the storm builds on. We get a little shift scene back to Murder World, and they get trapped in the Murder World with Polaris and Havoc and Iceman and uh, Banshee. And you see where all the people are captured. And I remember reading this when I was a kid, and I was like. Are they wrapped up as Christmas presents, like or birthday presents? Like what in the world? Like the Miss Marvel oh, put them yeah, in. It's yeah. like it's so weird, right? Like doesn't it look like kind of just like ridiculous? Yeah. Um. So, but yeah, they've so known that world, before. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. So each of them have their own little thing in Murder World as well. Havoc gets sent off into space. Iceman is in ice, but he's facing like a hockey team. This is very comic booky. <laughs> it, it, it. You wouldn't be able to pull this today. I mean, I mean, you could. You can explain it away. It's beyond. It's beyond stupid. Let's just call it what it is. It's, it's uh, bad. It's, yeah, it's, it's bad. It's bad. Uh, the whole murder yeah. world thing. I mean, I, I, I don't know. Maybe it's just me. I just, I shake my head. No, I read one of these no it's not you. Books. Okay, I'm relieved. I'm relieved because yeah, yeah. I was getting worried. No, uh, it's not you. <laughs> it's, it's just weird. You know, he's got the hockey it's, team, it's but weird. the ice has acid underneath it. It's just all these weird kind of setups to keep the team separated. Um, being uh, well, yeah, Polaris is on a carousel, and then she meets an Ilyana Rasputin robot that looks like a demon, and then she gets attacked by some horses on the carousel. Like, it's just weird <laughs> comic book stuff. And then as they start to fight their way out of it, then there's, you know, Banshees and a Western, and then uh, when they rescue the ladies off the off the roller coaster they're actually robots and they're trying to blow them up like it's just all over the place and i don't know if that's just yep. because you know arcade is insane and so everything in murder world is insane or it's just you know kind of i'm i'm i'm, I'm gonna give them the benefit of the doubt like that's the actual reason is, is that what you're taking from it saying man pretty much yeah it's yeah i'm, I'm trying to like uh, recap everything you just said it, it's uh just clinically insane. <laughs> this book, so I'm trying to follow along what's going on. Uh, all the all the murder world books are like this, though. I mean, they, everybody's in their own little uh, personal uh, torture situation, and 
eventually they find their way back to each other somehow. So, mm-hmm. I mean, uh, uh, during the burn run, they did uh, another arcade story, and it's similar to this. So, uh, yeah, it is what it is. The alternative is they just completely phoned it in for a month. Right. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's like, you know what? We have the conclu- we have the beginning of this story written, and we have the beginning of this story written. Let's stretch it out over three issues as opposed to two. And, um, yeah. yeah, let's stretch it out over this and add these other mutants in here that nobody probably knows or cares about at this point in time. And, you know, ready, set, go. And the whole murder world stuff is just weird. The carousel spins around. It's just crazy. And then, you know, yeah, and they all start fighting together better as a team than the people that have been X-Men for the last 20-some-odd issues. You know? Oh, that's because they were trained as the original X-Men. Yeah, I get it. Well, so one of Cyclops' points was like, we, like, as a team, and I think maybe Polaris and, and Havoc are the exception to this, but as a team, they weren't as strong as some of the individuals in the new X-Men team, so they had to, like, learn how to be a team to be effective. So there, he basically yeah. said, like, look, we had Angel on our team, and Beast didn't even have fur back then. We were pretty shitty. And yeah. Marvel Girl was constrained <laughs> by 60s writing. We like we had to be a team because we fought Magneto all the time. We would have been killed. And so, you know, you could make the argument like that these are the X-Men that are more classically trained as a team, which is a thing that like Wolverine is as opposed. And they find their own style. They find their own way to, the, you know, their own way to train and stuff like that. But it's the new X-Men is just fundamentally different than the old X-Men. And these are all old X-Men. Yeah, man. You yeah. say so. <laughs> you say so, brother Beavis. Uh, these <laughs> niggas is making me mad reading this. Fuck <laughs> <laughs> bitches, man. I, oh, check this out. So we always we always threaten the Dave Chappelle. I was watching this. We were at we were at the Virginia Wine Festival a couple weeks ago, and there was some terrible band playing, and then they had this Uh-oh. female lead singer, and she was like, she was just doing this awkward dancing and I just was yeah. like busting up the whole time. <laughs> yeah. And I was like I was like, I was like with all these people I'm like, I know this isn't gonna go over but I feel like I need to explain it to you. I was yeah. like, all I can think about is yeah. that crazy dancing's making my penis soft. The only thing I could hear in my head while I was watching this crazy lady dance. It was hysterical to me. Yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> well, again, remember jokes for three are the best jokes of all time. Uh, with that being said, and I, I put this out there on our Facebook page today at my day job, uh, some kid came at the end of the day, like they buzzed me to, you know, someplace where I had to be. I'm trying to be as generic as possible. And I'm like, yeah, hey, man, what's going on? It's like, I went out to my car, and um, somebody put a banana in my tailpipe. And I'm like, <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what uh, I would do if somebody said that to me. I, I said, I say what? I say what now? Uh, <laughs> somebody put a banana in my tail. I'm like, I'm like literally sitting there, like, is this nigga trying to punk me? <laughs> like, it's like, okay. that would be the first thing on my mind. Years? Is like, all right. I'm like, that movie trying is 35 years old, right? man. Yeah, yeah. Like, there's no way this kid knows anything about that movie. Exactly. Uh, but. Yeah, you're not going to fall for a banana in the tailpipe. I cannot address that. Yeah, exactly. Hey, hey, you can't say it. You've been hanging out with him too much. Hey, man, I ain't falling for no banana in the tailpipe. (laughs) All right. 
and all kind of stuff would be going through my head if somebody oh did that. To me. I don't know uh, what I'm once I release that particular student, uh, I may have laughed for ten minutes. Yeah, I may have just started laughing by myself. Anyway, so the other X-Men, they've done their part and gotten and escaped out of murder world. We go back to the mansion in New York as the storm gets harder and harder and harder. And the issue ends with Nightcrawler having escaped out of his little box of terror. Um, And as we get into issue 147. Which is again is and, and it's a solid conclusion by the way. I mean, forty six was just straight filler. I mean, it really kind of was. Um, <laughs> but forty seven, it actually has a decent conclusion. And again, the character development of all of the main X Men, you know, is done really well. And you get a, you know, kind of a lightweight, you know, Phoenix, Dark Phoenix moment here. Uh, so this yeah. issue is called Rogue Storm. Uh, Nightcrawler does a blind teleportation, which he never does because of, you know, he could materialize. I mean, he's never said this before. I can't do a blind teleportation. I might, you know, teleport myself into something, something to a wall or, or something. Yeah. Into a wall. Yeah, usually by the time he goes through the whole narrative, the conflict is over and he doesn't have to do a blind teleport anymore. <laughs> so. yeah. yeah, pretty much. Yeah. yeah, he's very much a super friend um, in his explanations. But he, he blind teleported out of this. Now, into the sky, and there's this whole escape scene for uh, Nightcrawler. But actually, it seems more a more mature Nightcrawler to me, if that makes sense, like him being able to figure these things out, where in the previous issues that we've talked about, it's just like, well, I'm not sure, and then, oof, F, and he's always, like, knocked out and laid out unconscious because he's not really allowed to do anything. Um, And in this way, he's actually using his powers to his benefit as opposed to like either just to escape or anything like that. So, I mean, I thought it was really good, uh, a good like scene for, um, uh, Nightcrawler. And then the next scene for when it gets to Colossus is the same thing. Like Colossus yeah. is thinking now he's not just the big dumb brute. He's well, thinking I think it's like such a team book. You lose sight of that. I don't think they've, they've really, they've really settled on that. And if we go back to dark Phoenix, like when, Wolverine's on his own in the basement of the Hellfire Club, you start to see that. And I think that's where they, they take a break to look at these people as individuals. I think it they they do they they make great strides in making them individuals that are part of this team. But you don't always get the opportunity to do that. And this is one of the first this this book really stands out for me and as far as like remembering him because you know, they are so specific about the they give you a lot of insight in their into not only the, the the powers and the constraints on their powers, but how they think, how they react. I remember this mm-hmm. book very distinctly. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and it's right. a, and it's a good issue for everybody involved. And like I said, it has a solid conclusion. It's just the middle that was weird because you have the other team. Um, so right. he gets to escape. There's a big old recap issue there. Um, uh, and then uh, I'm trying to get to Colossus's part. Yes, where he's thinking and he gets out of his. The whirlpool of doom by recognizing that if he shrunk himself, he would be able to get out and not be killed. And they even Angel finally using his brain, his bird brain, oh. to actually get out of his situation as well, where he's uh, able to escape uh, the aviary and get himself out. And then there's this, we- and then Wolverine's is the weirdest one, though. Okay, he's yeah. stuck in the black and white checkered room. And it's driving his senses crazy, and he's not really sure how to figure this out. And then it starts to drive him. And then you get this backstory with him and Heather uh, Hudson and uh, Jim Madison. Yeah, and yeah. 
it's just and it's just like a weird scene, but it also is something that you know it gives you more insight into his character a little bit. Um, you know, some stories that they're going to revisit over and over and over again on his trips back to Canada, and you know how they helped him out, you know, to not be just a crazy person, and he gets his trademark, you know, you know, I can feel the berserker rage coming. Um, and, you know, he finally gets his way out of the room as well. And then he's the first one to confront Doom. Um, and he makes quick work of the storm <laughs> bot as well. <laughs> yeah, yeah, he, he cut that yeah. up. Yeah, yeah, yeah he did. <laughs> Funny story, yeah. <laughs> yeah, well, and again, this version of Wolverine, since Alpha, the Alpha Flight, he's become much more uh, conscientious about the things that he does. Uh, he does work best against robots because that's the character, but he's also, you know, like the the character is growing to me. Like you can see the maturity in Wolverine and the character development. And I don't know if you put mm-hmm. that on the, I mean, I guess you have to put it on Claremont completely because, you know, Burns are gone at this point in time, but it's just, you know, like I said, I'm like, I'm reading this book and I'm like, man, finally you kind of start to see the characters that we fell in love with because some of those other ones and the, like the one twenties and one thirties up to her death, it's like, man, these some kind of some wimpy kind of folks and <laughs> not liking some of the characters that I thought that I liked as I start reading this book over and over again. Mm-hmm. Um, so right. yeah. Uh, but yeah, so but doom makes quick work of Wolverine. There's a great shot there with him all shadowed out with his eyes are just white though. That looks awesome. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, that's a good show. I, I might, yeah, I might make that if I can find that somewhere. I might make that like a Facebook profile or something. Um, but then Wolverine <laughs> tries to, uh, Wolverine and him try to, or Nightcrawler try to sneak attack on Doom. Uh, but it's so funny. They're like, oh, yeah. well, Doom hasn't seen him, but the stench. But then his Nightcrawler and with the fearsome demonic howl. Well, well thanks, dude. Yeah, you're going to uh, try to sneak attack him, but then yell and scream at him when you do it? Come on, man. <laughs> Come on. It's Dr. Doom. And so they get him down, but then Doom is punching people, like, through sh- sheets like a ghost. And then Wolverine <laughs> attacks back, though, and then he finally stops him. And he's like, hey, you know. And this is funny because, like, like, Doom was so super powerful before, and then, like, in moments he gets taken out by yeah. somebody that has, you know, typical mm-hmm. or, or good fighting. And somebody, <laughs> yeah, 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 exactly. I mean, it's like you got taken out by these two, and Wolverine ain't even in a berserker rage, man. He's just, you know, cut through your, your good sheets, and you know, and that's the end of it. I so, think, you um, know, this is a characteristic of Doom. Is one thing is like he's unable to see his own weaknesses, and I think the other thing is he doesn't recognize strengths of characters. Like he doesn't recognize. Yeah. Like he looks at Wolverine like, okay, you've got claws. And he doesn't recognize, like, his determination is, you know, the it, they're just, like, he doesn't see, like, the best in people, and he doesn't plan around it. And that seems to be his, his downfall. Right. Yeah, his arrogance has always been. I mean, that's generally how the Fantastic Four usually ends up beating him by appealing to his ego a lot of times. So. Right. Um, yeah. And, and yeah. underestimate yeah. him. So. And we'll get into this as we get we kind of start to wrap this book up, too, about, you know, the characterization of Doom in those terrible movies and, you know, the possibility of him appearing in something else. Um, but yeah, so they refree storm with the, the silver ball made her silver. So the gold ball makes her gold. Well, duh. And she's nigga, you didn't have a brown ball. <laughs> well, of course. <laughs> Where's the African ball? I needed to be back where she was, man. 
Um, so she looks like, you know, like Phoenix where she's, you know, I am free, I am this and I am that, and everybody's mm-hmm. getting these scenes like, oh, wait a minute. And then on the cover, they alluded to it like, hey, we did this 10 issues ago. You don't think we'll do it again, you know? Um, <laughs> and it's kind of weird. Uh, and I think I remember reading this thinking, like, oh, dude, they're going to kill her too. I mean, again, I was 13, 14 years <laughs> old. Yeah. But I was like, they're going to kill her too? Like, damn, that's messed up. Just well, I think that was the down, power man. of them killing Phoenix. You know, they had already killed inconsequential characters, and then they killed Phoenix. And at that point, it's like, well, there is actual yeah. tension in these books. Anybody could yeah. go. Right. And yeah, it's right, all, right. You know, everybody's on the table. Um, and then, you know, people Except are telling Except for Angel, you know, that motherfucker lived forever. Yeah, he lived forever. Yeah. Right? Yeah. yeah. Um, <laughs> but then again, Colossus is another scene where he sees everybody's in trouble. He rescues them. Yeah. He appeals to Storm, you know. Yeah. As, you know, sister. Right. You know, not sister. Sister. You know, like, <laughs> I, you know, what's going on? Like, you know, trying to help you. You are different than all this. And, you know, she's shocked him with a lightning bolt and all that. But... You know, eventually it does turn out that, you know, that they can appeal to her based on, you know, whatever happened with, I don't know, what they brought up Jean Grey's name and that was her friend. You know, she's able to calm herself down eventually. And, you know, everybody's right. rescued. Doom is like, yeah, you know, my bad. Some of my best friends out. have been possessed by the Phoenix ones. Yeah, exactly. And <laughs> Doom is like, you know, I'm sorry. I'm, not I'm Phoenix. sorry. Yeah. Like, Doom's yeah. like, I'm sorry, baby. I'm sorry, baby. You know, don't you know? Don't hold that against me. You know, maybe sometime we can still get some dinner or whatever. I'm like, man, Doom's pimp game is strong. You bro. could be onto something there. He does oh, have a cape. He, he drinks from a Charles. Yeah, and he. I read yeah. he was black. Um, and so, yeah, it, that and that's pretty much how it ends. It ends kind of weird. Um, and then it leads up like an old epilogue here with Cyclops, uh, going to. Uh, what is that issue called? Cry Mutant. Yeah. And that's pretty much the yeah. end of 145, 46, and 47, the little in Doom interlude. So we'll take a little Doom interlude <laughs> ourselves and look at Dr. Doom, the character in um, uh, the Fantastic Four movies. Yes, and yeah. why they can't get it right, basically. So go ahead and go, <laughs> Sandman. Like, why do you think that they – one, why do you think they keep going to the character? And two, why do you think they just flat out can't get it right? Well, I mean, they keep going back to Doom because that's the Fantastic Four's one true greatest character uh, enemy. And, I mean, why they can't get it right? They, I don't think they treat it with the sufficient amount of respect that you have to to pull something like that off. Because let's, let's be real, Doom is a, is a dude in a metal mask and a cloak, basically. I mean, he does look kind of silly. <laughs> I, it, it does look kind of silly. It would take somebody like a Kevin Feige to figure out a way to like actually make that work correctly. Mm-hmm. Fox just wants to make money off it as quickly as possible, and that's so they just cast an actor, put him in the the the, the costume looked close in the movie. I'll give him that in the first one anyway. I guess mm-hmm. it, I guess we were in the second one too. But uh, I mean, it, it, that was it though. I mean, there was no uh, the guy had no charisma as far as like actually being able to pull off what Doom is. I mean, he's a he's basically a king. He's He's super, super smart. He's, you know, he's, yeah, he's evil as hell, but he's, you know, he's charismatic. He's got, um, mm-hmm. yeah, gravitas too. You know, he's, he's savvy. He knows how to manipulate things, and you know, and they didn't have that at all in that movie. And and that's right. both part of the uh, the plot that they they couldn't get that right. Uh, they couldn't nail Doom. If you can't nail Doom, you definitely can't nail the Fantastic Four. That's usually the key to it. So right. that's uh, that's my spill on it. 
Brother Beavis. Yeah, I think that in both cases, they've made the mistake of coupling Doom to the Fantastic Four origin. Um, and I know that, yeah. you know, the first movies, they have to lose a lot of time to cover all the uh, origin stories and stuff. But, you know, a lot of times they address that by just putting just a, a force of nature type villain, like, you know, the Hulk movie, go fight the abomination right. or go fight mm-hmm. the stupid. And so they could have right. just as easily, like, had him fight some big, you know, Briefly introduce the mole man and have him fight some monster at the end. But they keep right. sticking Doom as part of the origin. And I think, you know, that it almost speaks to like, we're not sure if we're going to get another one of these in or it's the best story there is to tell. I don't know. Mm-hmm. But when you do that, then you don't have the opportunity to make him, you know, the despotic leader of an Eastern European country. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. have that power yeah. base. And you don't get a chance to allude to like, you know, his origins in, and the fact that that comes from his prior experience with despotic leaders in Eastern European countries and and, right. and the fact that his family was killed and his connection to magic and his desire, right. like, you know, his desire to go retrieve his mother's soul from hell. I mean, there's so many interesting things about him. Yes. But you can't do yeah. that when you short circuit all that and make him just an just a byproduct of the Fantastic Four Fantastic Four's right. adventure through you know space, right? Like I've kind yeah. of always thought, like through the three movies that he's been in, I've always thought that they were like, well, we want him to be evil, but not that evil. We kind of want people to like him, <laughs> yeah, but not really like him. Like you don't you you kind of walk in the and like yeah, every single movie very generic, and then you. The second one, you cartooned him up. You know, the first one that they did okay with it, yeah. but they made him like a it's cartoon hard. character almost in the second one. And then in the third one, yeah. you know, they just weren't all together sure. Like, all right, we're gonna I make him, but then we're gonna take him out of the movie for like a whole bunch of it. But then I want you to be scared of him when he comes back. He's like, hey, wait, what? So yeah, um, it's just I don't know. And this the third one is so bad. To, yeah, yeah, and this leads yeah. to the other kind of side brother topic is that. You know, I, I saw where Marvel and DC have, like, gotten together to plot out their next 10 years' worth of comic book movies. And I'm like, when I put it on the Facebook page, I was like, yay? Question mark. <laughs> I was like, do you really think we got 10 more years of comic book movies, Brother Beavis? Well, uh, I think Marvel has done a good job of, like, surprising us with, um, you know, whether it's, whether it's sort of different genre movies that just happen to feature um, exactly. yes. come yeah. characters like an Ant-Man, like a Guardians of the Galaxy. So, I, you know, I think they've got enough enough movies, like in the near term, that don't necessarily have to be cookie cutter. But mm-hmm. it, that does seem like that's going to wear, either wear thin or get pretty deep into the roster. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right. Uh, uh, what did you think, Sammy? Yeah, I agree. Um, I think Marvel is savvy enough that they kind of look at the world and what's kind of like um, what's hot, what jives and what doesn't, what their heroes and kind of um, they're good at putting them in situations that they can succeed in other than like uh, call this the Marvel fan of me, but right now Marvel's succeeding with their characters because they're mm-hmm. smart about it. I think DC is just kind of throwing theirs out there is like, hey, Batman Superman, make two billion dollars and it didn't work. Uh right. you have to kinda like you gotta go a lot deeper than that. You have to you have to have the plot, 
it has to make sense. It has to kind of fit into our world a little bit so we relate to it more. And yeah, um, so far, I mean, DC we'll see if they can keep yeah. it going. Yeah, right. yeah, we'll see if they can that's keep that going, you know, but they're, they're, uh, that's been one of the things they've done well so far. Mm. Well, they, um, my thought was, I was like, the only way I could see that comic book movies don't go the way of the Western or the Dodo over the next mm-hmm. 10 years is if Marvel somehow gains control of all of its characters. Because at at some point, the people right. that are in the, the Avengers universe, uh, they're going to have to um, recast all those people. They're just going to have yeah. to because they're just going right. to age out. And But now if I'm yeah. recasting and I can do like a crossover with the Avengers and the X-Men or the Fantastic Four and the Avengers or something like that, or I can finally have Doom and Namor. And you know, if I have all these people at my disposal, then I can do a movie like that and it won't matter that I had to recast it because people will be so excited to see the other people. I was like, but if you just think mm-hmm. you're going to be able to recast it and make people care and then essentially be telling, you know, kind of the same stories over again. I don't know. Well, uh, I don't know. if I got 10 years in me for that. <laughs> well, you know what? Fox is kind of coming up against right, right now because Wolverine is at the end of his run with, um, um, what's old boy's name? Um, Hugh Jackman. Hugh Jackman. Yeah. And um, now, you know, that's been their, their leaning post for all their movies so far. Right. You know, now they're being kind of forced to come um, or try to move out, uh, branch out to New Mutants and Deadpool. And they're going to they're gonna run Deadpool on the ground eventually because they're Fox. But, oh, yeah. um, well, you know, all these the other movies probably. Right. Yeah. 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 So uh, it'll be interesting to see um, uh, what they do. I'll take Big Hutch's uh, line and be like, good luck. Um, <laughs> to, uh, to do that with their new mutants and power pack and cable and all yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, because uh, they weren't popular in a comic book, as, in my opinion, ever. So I don't know what they think they're going to be able to push that off on somebody unless they try to right. package it to cable or something like that, which I Is just don't think will work either. Is part of the new part of the 10-year plan? Or was part, part of the original plan? Was was Power Pack part of the 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 new plan? The, the oh no, the I just ten... I just threw no, yeah. I just threw that out there. <laughs> no, well, there, because there, that was part of the original lineup. If you remember, like they optioned ten properties, but a lot of that was just building a business case. Right. So they had to, they had to like oh. sell out enough properties to get capital to start the cinematic universe, and then once yeah, they got pretty much the entire lineup. Yeah. Back, yeah. Right. 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 Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't think they're going to be doing a power pack movie anytime soon. Well, at least I hope not. Uh, at least I hope not. But you know, <laughs> you know, you brought up a good point about the the longevity of the actors. I mean, Star Wars was basically made over the course of ten years. Well, the original, or, well, I guess the middle trilogy, however we want to explain it. And you, right. you know, and the, you know, you could see the wear and tear and the difference of the actors from beginning to end. So yeah, I mean, you either got to write them out, recast them, or focus on a different set of characters. And I think at least two of those three things are probably problematic as far yeah. as sustaining a long-term storyline. <laughs> exactly. All right. Our last little side brother topic, uh, in about an hour and a half, um, no, been about an hour, Netflix is going to debut its um, Luke Cage series. Now, if you've uh, got Netflix, it's coming out in next. Yeah, if you have uh, if you have Netflix or you've been watching Netflix, if you've seen the Daredevil series, both two seasons, if you've seen Jessica Jones, uh, you know Daredevil or 
Netflix has a very good handle on uh, those properties um, in terms of kind of street level heroes in New York. They've done a great job. They already introduced Luke Cage and Jessica Jones, and um, the character is great in Jessica Jones. And um, I'm not sure what were your reviews for Jessica Jones, Brother Beavis. I liked it a lot. Um, yeah, I thought. I mean, I think a lot of that show gets overshadowed by the fact that the villain was one of the best that we've seen on yeah. TV. Um, Agreed. Uh, mm-hmm. I liked. You know, I thought it created a great environment. I think Luke was great. I think Patsy Walker was great. The whole thing right. with the um, the 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 pill popping super soldier esque guy was weird and not fully explained. Yeah, that um, was great. But yeah, but but I I I liked it. I thought the I thought the the action was as was probably the worst of anything we've seen from Netflix thus far. The way they portrayed her super strength with like weird cam- camera angles, almost like Batman 60s era camera angles and things and things <laughs> like that. Mm-hmm. But the story-wise, I thought it was like super solid. Okay. Yeah, what did you think, uh, Sammy? Um, I thought it was a, it was pretty refreshing. It was new. Uh, it was nice to see a woman in, uh, in the starring role in the superhero um, 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 show and any kind of show. I mean, we haven't seen that. I guess what, Wonder Woman maybe? Probably the only yeah. one I was... Other other one. Um, it was more of like a not a traditional action packed. I mean, yeah, they did have some action in it. Uh, it was more of a psychological thing because of uh, what Purple Man uh, is, and they go back over their their uh, history with her and how uh, she got into in the, the predicament with him, and and basically what um, how they deal with him because it was very interesting with that way. It was different. I give them a lot of credit for pulling that off because um, yeah. it, it was different and. Uh, like we were kind of uh, already said, it's easy to fall into a rut with some of these superhero movies, you know, superhero genre, period, you know. And uh, it was different, and uh, different is good sometimes. It was different and good. So, not yeah, and they have, yeah, and they have a good handle on, I think, I have some. Cons- I have a little bit of issues with Daredevil Season 2, primarily for, mm-hmm. like, the kind of shoehorned, shoehorned lecture story, and it was, like, almost two different seasons in Season 2. Yep. Um yeah, yeah. But the stuff with the Punisher was just incredibly good, and then the stuff with yeah, the that Punisher was great. just seemed so forced. Um, yeah, I so, thought I was going to hate the Punisher. That was that was very good. How they did no, I, yeah, no. not at all. Yeah, he was great. Yeah. Um, yeah. So now we get Luke Cage, and again in about an hour. Um, and you know, I'm excited about it. Uh, you know, we don't get black superhero anything. Uh, so I think there's a lot of pressure, mm-hmm. at least in terms of wanting it to be successful and. Right, you know, right. if they stretch it out based on the character that was introduced in uh, Jessica Jones, you know, it it has a it has an opportunity to be. You know, I think a lot of the characters that are in the comic book for Luke Cage or the villains are all you know kind of black exploitation, kind of uh, uh, yeah. goofy and stupid, um, but yeah. you know, updated in terms of making them you know kind of street level yeah, villains they, and not putting them right. in, you know, freaking snake suits and <laughs> doing that. Uh, like, I think you can actually make like a credible version of, of Luke Cage where people enjoy the character, enjoy, you know, the kind of, like I said, the griminess of the character. Uh, you know, what are your mm-hmm. Luke Cage impressions, not of the show, but just of the character, brother. Peter? Well, so 
you know, I was always intrigued. I, I mean, I thought visually the Luke Cage and Iron Fist, Heroes for Hire, was always interesting, but I never actually read a lot of that when it was coming out. And I was really, you know, back in the uh, multivariate chromiating colors uh, period, <laughs> as Shannon Doherty would say. Uh, right. I was, like, for for some reason, excited for the Luke Cage book, which was uh, or which was just called Cage. Um and it was like super delayed and it finally came out and I, I didn't really get into it. So I don't know why I was ever excited for it. Um, mm-hmm. And then I've recently read him and some of the new Avengers stuff. and I, I thought that was really good. So I, I think it's, I, I think it's an interesting character. His early stuff, which is now like you can get on Marvel unlimited is yeah. like really black exploitation and, and really yeah, kind of frequently yeah. uncomfortable to read. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So I, I think it's, it's uh, a really kind of daunting task to pull this off in a way that's like simultaneously serves the original material, but isn't like mm-hmm. incredibly insulting. Right. Yeah. Then uh, him not being in the butterfly collared yellow shirt. Yeah. Yeah. Years, <laughs> yeah. years yeah. above anything or with the freaking, uh, the chains on his wrist. And bracelets, yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah, the big chain around his waist, yeah, yeah, the tiara, just, yeah, yeah, and the tiara, yeah, it, it, those are some problematic visual issues that I think that they understand <laughs> that they can't do. They know that uh, they I know think. they can't get away with that. But, well, uh, they'll they'll well, allude to it at least once, you know, somehow they'll do it. Yeah, just to kind of get the fanboys. I'm sure he'll but, show up in a yellow shirt at some point in time in the series. Oh yeah, yeah, but, yeah, um, it'll happen. Yeah, but. Yeah, you can't have him in that and his little fro and whatnot. Yeah, he dropped yeah. the sweet Christmas in the first one. Yeah, yeah, he already dropped the sweet Christmas. Yeah, yeah. I think he's sweet Christmas in Jessica Jones, right? Yeah, so, well, yeah, um, yeah, 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 he did. yeah. After he yeah, when they would smash, he dropped yeah, the sweet that's Christmas. Good to know. That's what I always say. Um, so. Yeah, I'm, I'm I'm looking forward to it. Like I said to y'all before we started recording, like I think I'm gonna wind up staying up at least to watch the premiere because I mean the Bengals, you know, we're recording this, but kind of watching the Bengals on TV tonight. Yeah. It's twenty-two seven. It doesn't. Uh, I don't know. They're gonna win. Yeah, fairly. It's, it's, like it's, it's fairly not a great game, but they're it's not win. exactly yeah, foot yeah. and ass plus a pen attempt, but it's yeah, probably yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, um, they're but, better than Miami. So yeah, but once I read. <laughs> Once I start reading, you know, recaps and whatnot, I'm pretty sure this last hour is going to fly by. And so uh, we did a whole podcast on binge watching. I'm really not a binge watching person. Uh, TV has sterilized me to the point where I'm like, I, I, I watch episodic TV, so I tend to wait. So a lot of times I'm like, I'll watch like two episodes and be like, I'm tired. Yeah, I don't binge watch, and I know certain people, you know, you know, if you follow Black Twitter, they're like, I'm taking a whole day off, I'm going to watch all 13 hours of this, and whatever, and I'm like, hey, even if I had the day off, there's no way I could get that done, it's just, I just can't, yeah. so I'm hoping to try to get in, you know, at least the pilot first episode, and maybe uh, the second one, and just kind of, you know, run on, you know, Pepsi tomorrow on fumes to just kind of get through the day. That's that's the goal at this point. So, you know, we're excited for it. It'll definitely be one of the focus on the uh, Brothers Comics podcast this weekend. Um, if Brother, if Big Hutch and uh, Female Perspective actually watch it. If not, uh, y'all get called up to the big leagues again because can't do a podcast. <laughs> <laughs> Cannot do a podcast without talking about this because it's such a big deal. Because uh, y'all been asking for it. 
Yeah. Yeah, it is. Yeah, it is. Right. Okay. So uh, that's going to end the comic book corner tonight. Um, we are slaloming headfirst into uh, a Magneto story here. It's coming up very soon with episode issue 150, a uh, huge Magneto story. Um, and I think that's probably going to be our next resting spot. Um, as we This will be our first Magneto story, actually, because we started off with Proteus, and then the story previous to Proteus was actually the Magneto story, but we started off with the Proteus saga. So it's going to be our first right. time to tackle... Uh, to tackle Magneto, um, just off the top of my head, I've never really been a fan of Magneto, the bucket head character. I just, I've never liked the design. <laughs> um, when he got his pimp game on in the 90s with Rogue and all that, I was kind of a bigger fan, um, Like where he was kind of like, oh, I'm not sure if I'm really a bad guy. Before, though, he ripped Wolverine's skin out or the claws out or whatever. But, um, yeah, I've never really been a fan, uh, just – never been i don't know it's not that like oh he's so evil and he's beating up the x-men no, i just don't like the character um sometimes not all the time just sometimes so okay but yeah that'll end the chat tonight uh you'll be able to find this podcast on uh itunes i, and I almost had to drop a aaron and hilar on you again but like, for what for next week uh, magneto is like one of the signature marvel villains uh he's, he's up there with doom Pretty much. Yeah, I'm not. Uh, I'm not saying that he's terrible. I'm just saying that sometimes I didn't like him or... overusing. Yeah. yeah, they did. No, especially oh, in the nineties. Everything through that. Yeah. Well, everything was overused. Yeah, I mean, I like not... I like the fact that he actually has a a a, a purpose. He actually yeah. wants to fight. You know, he's not just trying to rob the damn bank on the corner. I mean, you know, it would be a stupid character. He actually has a purpose, and you know, a I lot think of these the other inter- really don't. The interesting thing about him is he evolves like through every encounter, not every encounter, yeah, right? But, like he evolves right. over time, which is not really a trademark of Marvel villains. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, I agree. Yeah, and he's and he's also uh, I was going to say that like he's also um, like his good guy, bad guy, good guy, bad guy, good guy, bad mm-hmm. guy, and like each time he comes back from one like the next incarnation of whichever one is like simpier than the other one. It's like, all right, now I'm a good guy. And he's mm-hmm. like, you know, pretty good. But then when he goes bad. Like he really goes bad. Like he really turned heel, man. Like for sure. He's beating up old ladies, taking little kids signs, <laughs> you know, <laughs> you suck right, Cleveland. Right. Like, I mean, he really goes heel. But then when he goes back to face, when he goes back face, it's like all the way, like to the other side. Like, you know, even when they like made the Joseph clone or whatever, like he was a complete, you know, uh, pussy. You know, it's like it's just like right. uh, it's just they use him too much. They use him too much, and he's not a conniving like you know person like Doom is or Red Skull or something like that, where he's you know got all these schemes and machinations. You know, he has his one singular purpose, which is fine. You know, but like at a point, you know, he'd either have to be somebody that's going to be completely Malcolm X or Martin Luther King. He can't like keep vacillating between the two of them. So that right, is just right. annoying over time because they just they keep going back to the well. But anyway, all right. Thank. Don't drop the L and N Halar on me. I appreciate it. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I appreciate it, bro. All right. So yeah, you can find this podcast on SoundCloud, iTunes. Uh, leave a rating, uh, share it with your friends and whatnot, and all that. And um, upcoming events, we have Brothers Comics Podcast Number Forty Six. Uh, this weekend, we should have uh, Who Day Over 40 if this score holds out over the next four minutes. 
we should have a who day over 40 this week. Um, and I think that's it. I'm waiting to see if I'm going to get pressed for a con in Tampa at the end of October. I'm waiting to see if I can get pressed. It's a pretty big one. I'm not sure if I'm going to get it, but fingers and eyes crossed uh, that we'll get that. So that'll be the Tampa Bay, Tampa Megacon or something like that. They got a lot of guests uh, that I would definitely like to try to talk to, but I don't know if I got, I don't know if uh, I'm hopefully in our sphere of influence is big enough for me to get a a press pass for it. Cause without it, I don't think I'm going to go, but that's it. So, um, that's it. I'm going to sign off as the producer, uh, Sandman sign off tonight. All right, y'all. We will see you beauties again next Next, week. Next week. And brother Beavis sign it off. Catch you next time. All right, y'all. Y'all take it easy. We'll see you on the other side. Peace. Peace.